0: All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this.
1: The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what Hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family. we back.
0: listening to 101 part-time jobs is the podcast where i speak to bands to find out what they've done to stay afloat past and present best and worst the whole hog getting your ducks in a row while playing in a band is a pretty hefty task easy life are the latest to cancel a tour following animal collective and little sims citing financial issues the world's just getting harder for that stuff and i've all of a sudden started getting clickbait articles on celebs who now have normal jobs but I assure you, this podcast is for fun. We're not going to get bummed out here, oh no. It's a fun show and we enjoy ourselves despite everything. And on today's episode, is Lindsay, who sings The New Pagans, the Belfast band, who are this Friday releasing their new record, Making Circles of Our Own. The album's coming out on the legendary indie label, Big Scary Monsters. Like I said, it's out this Friday and it's chock full of bangers. Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, supported by 2000 Trees Festival. Just a few hours away from London in Cheltenham in July. They're having a four-day festival, starting on the Wednesday, ending on the Saturday. Gives you the Sunday off, which I think is a very conscientious touch. And they've just made a huge announcement with the Bronx. One Step Closer, loose articles, links. If you haven't heard of links, go check them out. It's absolutely nuts. Narrowhead, Prince Daddy and the Hyena, Martha. And guess who else? Our guest today, New Pagans. That's on top of the already stacked lineup of Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. 100 Reasons, have you heard their new stuff? It's Ace, Joyce Manor, Crows, Sprints. Loads of incredible bands at 2000Trees Festival. 2000TreesFestival.co.uk to get your tickets. Installment tickets are available until the end of this month. That's the end of February If you want to get your full ticket for 2000 Trees 2023, you can go to DICE. And if you use the promo code 101POD, you can get 20 quid straight off your ticket. It's free money. 2000 Trees. It's an amazing independent festival. I highly recommend heading there this July. All right. Here's Lindsay from New Pagans on 101 part-time jobs. Go well. When you go to a coffee shop that you like and it's an independently run business, does that trigger off your brain? I'm projecting here. It triggers (laughs) off my brain to think like, oh, cool, independent organisations can exist. You know, there's a place in the world for these independent places to exist. You don't have to work at the big supermarket or you don't have to work at a giant organisation.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's quite in Belfast, there's quite a few places like that now where you go and you just feel that you know the owner and not necessarily in a personal level, but you, you get to chat to them and, you know, they tell you about their day. The, just that whole atmosphere in those cafes or those places like a yoga studios and stuff. Um, Yeah, you feel part of a community then, don't you? And you're like, it's not just this big chain. We're,
0: we're all told about this like hyper individualism. That's what people call it, right? Where we feel so alone when i when i left school when i was 18 and i i did the, the extra two years after 16 and i felt incredibly alone in knowing what to do and mm-hmm. i didn't feel like there was much of community you know i didn't really get much advice yeah, yeah. from my you know my mum was really in, in, you know supportive of like being like do be a journalist do that thing but other than that like i didn't yeah, fucking yeah. know you know and i and i i, I there's lo- I, there's plenty of people that I know I'm I'm close with, that. have a similar experience. What was your experience? I mean, did you grow up in Belfast and what kind of options did you look at when you were getting to that leaving school age?
4: Yeah, no, when I was 18, I'm from... Uh, and a skill in, in County Fermanagh. So a pretty rural community. Um, so my main aim was to get out of there. I think that happens for a lot of like people that live in small towns. They're like, I want to go to the big city, which for me was Belfast. And um, I thought about going to, I was going to art college and knew that my parents were really supportive of that, but I didn't know which one. And I actually thought about going to Glasgow School of Art, but I decided not to because I ended up meeting a guy. And I was like, no, I'll stay in Belfast. Classic. It's grand, you know. Yeah, classic. But I, not a mistake because I absolutely, I mean, I lived in Belfast for over 10 years. I loved it. You know, Brilliant. You know, just loved it. And
0: that, yeah, that's so. quite a lot of pressure on you, uh, as for a lot of pressure on teenagers. And a lot of people from Belfast go to Glasgow, don't they? There's a big connection there.
4: They do, yeah. It seems like... I don't know why England no nowhere and I never even looked at London or anything and it wasn't nobody was swearing me either way or that I don't know why Glasgow I had friends a couple of friends in Glasgow that I just met on a summer holiday so maybe that was the reason and I had visited Glasgow School of Art and had a tour around it and I was like it's a very romantic beautiful place and soaked in history I was i think i even applied i can't remember the details but somewhere along the line i decided that i was going to belfast so um
0: and you know that that's the way we that's the way as humans we operate you know you move move in with your partner you go with them you know maybe you you break up 10 years later that is that that's an amazing experience you know the the going to belfast Mm -hmm. i mean what did that open your eyes to what what did you discover and i I, you know I'm, i'm speaking musically and gigs and friends people you could play music with
4: totally it was a completely different thing for me because I was brought up in um my parents are Christians my dad is a minister um and they're very devoted to their faith and I was brought up in that kind of atmosphere and that sheltered sort of um going to church a couple of times a week twice on a Sunday you know it was quite intense and I didn't realize that that was strange until I got to university and as I said, my parents completely encouraged me to go to art college, which on reflection, they obviously didn't understand what art college was. Loads because, of smoking, <laughs> loads of drinking. You know, I mean, I was very out tame at the start, um, but I was mesmerized by all these different, but mostly about how people thought and communicated and the things that we debated. And my my perception of the world changed very radically and very quickly. And I tried to go to church and fit into that Christian community, and I just couldn't do it. I and I, and that's a very bizarre thing because I had been very devoted to my parents' faith and everything up until that point. But as soon as I got to Belfast I was 18, couldn't fit into those communities. Didn't find them in any way appealing to me. So I found my own, like just I suppose a, a set of artists and musicians that I are just are still my friends this day. So you know. A lot of them are anyway, you know, so it's it was a brilliant thing for me to do to get to Belfast to go to art college, live live with other people, see how other people think. And, and, and it was, yeah, I'm really thankful for that time, actually, those three years during the degree.
0: I wonder having that routine and that structure of your faith, when did anything mm. take, you know, did anything like sort of fill that void of where you would have done that, you know, when you moved to Belfast, did did something else take over that you know where whereas you might have gone to church twice a week at home you know were, were you using the Sundays in Belfast to to read were you discovering new music do you, do you think anything replaced it
4: no not in not instantly I think I actually rebe- I think a lot of people that. Um, come out of, like, a faith or or, or cult, <laughs> um, depending on what way you look at it, you, they, some people go into, like, being devout or obsessive about something else, for me, no, um, if anything, I would have been obsessed with the new relationships that I was making, so even, like, In a romantic way, but also in, you know, just new friendships and stuff like that. But nothing, no, I went the opposite way of where I didn't want any response. Like, it felt like I didn't want any responsibility. I didn't want to think about that. I didn't want, I hated debates about religion and stuff like that. I just avoided them. I was like, no, no, I'm not dealing with this. For a very, very long time, I couldn't articulate it. And I think that's probably to do with guilt and all of that stuff that you have to deal with when you've been indoctrinated into something. That's really strong, and like since you were like a little baby, so um, so no, I kind of went the opposite, but eventually I became obsessed with art and making art, and that obviously turned into
0: listening to the Velvet Underground and learning to roll spliffs.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I can never roll spliffs. I I hate smoking. It's really something that I've carried with me my, my whole life. No smoking.
0: Good way to be. <laughs> you know, reflecting on your time studying and. You know, were you big into music at the time? You know, I mean, like that that was a big priority for you. How much could you identify as someone who wanted to, to make art? And, you know, art is something that it's not serious in the way school is, but it's serious in another way, in the way that you prioritize it and you make room for it, even at the hardest times.
4: Well, music was important and it had always been to me. But as soon as I got, as they say, of my background I wasn't really aware of much secular music so I had just been given music that was Christian and most of it was like American Christian like Amy Grant and stuff like that so my perception of what good music was was completely different and obviously as soon as I got to uni and I started hearing like um, Fleetwood Mac and Radiohead and Nirvana like I was hearing it all after the fact but I was like what's this and every week I would find something new um and whatever I remember there was a guy in art college um who loved Tool and Perfect Circle and I remember like getting all those albums off him and listening to it I was like this is amazing (laughs) you know every week I was discovering a different thing so it was a really exciting time for me very I didn't really need any um anything else to heighten that experience because for me it was new I had written songs yeah but they were uh worship songs essentially I'd done a GCSE in music um but I had no music theory I'd just been able to play and write and that's how I actually got past I composition just from the guitar and also I had done singing lessons and I had sung in church and at school and all of that stuff so that was my background in music and I thought I think when I got to art college I would be like in a band you know I had that in my head um but it just didn't happen and the people that I was around mostly male musicians in Belfast at the time there just wasn't that many girls weirdly in bands um so that would have been like 2004 or something like that um there just weren't that many females in bands so it wasn't like I couldn't see a way in I suppose at that point but I, I loved local music I loved local bands I was dating a local musician and he had a band and I was very involved and like watched him you know I went to all their gigs got to meet lots of musicians and it was really I love that as well. I love that aspect of
0: it. Being part of the communities, massive. Yeah, yeah. You know, w- yeah. When you're putting on a gig, and you have the perception, or you're playing in the band, you know the people who are paying into that gig. They're as much of an experience as the people putting it on yeah. or promoting it or people playing in it. Told there you. is there is a massive community they
4: are it. they are the community really aren't they they're the most important in my opinion people that come to see your band there's no point no matter what what musicians say there's absolutely no point standing up in a room with nobody in it you might as well be in your packed space
0: (laughs) 101 part-time jobs 100 There's so much organisation there. It's there, There's so much kind of thought there and work to do with each other. When was the first... What was your first job that you had during the band that you had to really kind of <laughs> give them the run around so you could prioritise music?
4: Well, luckily, whenever we started the band, I started a PhD at the same time. So, um, So actually it worked out really well because I essentially I could be self it's self employed in a way you're you could keep your own hours as long as you got your work done type thing so I never had that like where I had to go to you know my boss and ask them for time off right. really but I think when I became a mom, I became a mum like a year into the band I in fact all our first shows I was very heavily pregnant um that happened just at the same time but it wasn't planned it just happened so i was doing all those gigs and i was feeling really ill and oh it was awful, it was awful. because the nerves i'd never been on stage in on with a band before so i was doing everything for the first time and then i was becoming a mother as well i was like this is like too much um but it, looking back on it i'm really proud of myself for that and I've got two children now and it's really the most difficult thing to juggle with being a band but I do think like last night I heard the kids out in the hall as I was answering emails for press and I was like um I heard the kids out in the hall and they were debating who was going to be in New Pagan's you know Oren was like
3: I'm gonna be the drummer
4: in New Pagans you know (laughs) Maisie wanted to be the singer and I was listening to their wee chatting about it and it was so lovely I was like you know it's hopefully it's something Cahar in the band is is their daddy they could they look back fondly on Mm -hmm. um although I think leaving them for like a couple of weeks to go like on the UK tour in in March is like you do dread it but it's also nice to take a break from your kids I mean I'll not I'll not lie about that. (laughs) other parents will
2: understand
0: this is a safe space this is an honest space it
4: is nice and they really they really appreciate you when you come back and you really miss and appreciate them as well so
0: you are in such a unique position you should really write a feature about that if you like writing that'd be a really interesting feature you know I think a lot of people would like to read that
4: well you know I don't like writing actually and which leads me to you know the fact that I'm dyslexic and I'm doing a phd and but I've got better at writing because I've had to because it's not a practice-based PhD it's it's a written PhD um but yeah that's the biggest challenge of my life and I I love words and I love language but I just writing is not my it does it's it's not an easy thing for me it doesn't come really naturally
0: what kind of mechanisms can you use to kind of combat that for for writing
4: yeah I, I I have I didn't discover it until I was doing my uh degree actually um so I had been or I had already developed a set of like coping mechanisms throughout my school life honestly I don't know because I don't know what I'm what way I'm meant to think or how I'm meant to think but I remember in the exam you know the exam but the 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 test the dyslexic test psychologist was just like I shocked at how so what they do is they give you words you know like that don't exist and you have to pronounce them phonetically And I had no concept of it. I couldn't pronounce any of them. And he was like, this is like unbelievable. You, everything you read is from memory. It's not from, it's like, it's a weird thing.
0: So when you look at a word, you know sort of roughly how the different sections of a word are pronounced and you kind of put them together. I I, I think that's the way that I might do that.
4: So I'm all, I'm doing it apparently from memory. I can't, I can't see a word that I haven't seen before and pronounce it. I have to hear it first and then I put that yeah it's really weird so there's lots of stuff like that I was like oh right that's why I'm really slow at reading it's something that I've come to terms with it is it is honestly quite mild so I can't I'm not going to say that it's been a disability because I don't feel like it has but I do know that I'm slower or you know my grammar won't maybe is sometimes like I'll put a post up on Instagram and our drummer is amazing at language and dr- you know, grammar, he'll be like, Lindsay, this needs changed. change. And I'll be like, all oh, right, do it quickly. You know, so I'm really aware of that, but but I think you just have to go with it and not worry about it too much, you know. You know
0: what I think about typos and grammatical things on on social posts or whatever, really, is that you know what, if if the person reading it fucking gets the gist of it, what's the problem?
4: Yeah, I know. There's the grammar police though. <laughs> and I think it's a dyslexic because you know that you're something that you're not good at it's really upsetting when you're like oh I've done that again you know
0: that's not your fault like that's that's not your burden that's not your cross to bear no
4: I've got I'm, I'm over it now but I remember I remember we made a mistake actually in the first LP EP that we put out um and Cahar is dyslexic too god love our children like and uh he he instead of writing Lily it's he wrote Lily with two L's instead of one L and it went it went out everywhere and he he was so upset about it. And I was like, it was probably me that gave that to you, that information to you. So don't, don't
0: worry. On the fur one of the first records I put out, there's there's a yeah, Jets to Brazil yeah. song called C Anemone. But I thought it was pronounced C Anemone. Right. And then I realized it before we went to print the like the we went to you know print out the A4 sleeves for the CD. I put C Animals. She's so trying
4: to try to <laughs> yeah, cover up trying to cover
1: my tracks. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so funny. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what Hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange hefty renew bag with accepted items, tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
0: 101, part time jobs, 101, part time jobs, 101, part time jobs, 101, part time jobs. Things have kind of changed in the last generations or even since our parents' generation in the sense that I think a lot of mothers would be expected and would expect of themselves hey, that's, that's a complicated thing isn't it to to become full-time mothers straight away and i feel like lots of new mothers are saying okay no i'm i'm not going to be a full-time mother i'm going to keep my job keep my work keep my hobbies and share it with my partner or or whoever else is there did you make any of those decisions did you did you kind of have any strong thoughts on that when, when when you became a mother to both your children?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, Cara and I talked about it and he's really, I've watched him throughout his career. He's been in lots of bands, you know, Jekyll and Landon, Fight with Wire, whatever. I've watched him and I've watched him bring in women to manage things, to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And I've seen how he's developed that. And, and he really is somebody that, uh, feels that it's important that women are you know crew members they're involved in the music industry at all levels because I think that balance of the genders is really really important and he he definitely I watched him do that so I knew it wouldn't be an issue when we had kids but I do think like I think it was Kim Gordon I was reading her biography uh, autobiography I was and she was saying you know no matter what the physicality of being a mother you are carrying the baby and um at the end of the day when that baby's born and you decide to breastfeed or whatever then you have to be there with the baby so there's a certain amount of the fact that the man can't do some of the things that your body can do but once you get past that stage at the stage that we're at now we've got a four-year-old and a five-year-old it becomes easier to share it out and actually I will say to I'm going away for four days writing on my thesis and he'll say no problem and he'll be with the kids for four days and you know vice versa so we've got a good balance but i do think you need to be careful who you partner up with just <laughs> as a woman you know have a have have a look at their life pattern and you know are they are they inclusive do they do they feel that women are valuable do they see motherhood as valuable do they see caring as valuable think think about all that stuff before you commit to somebody i would say i
0: mean so so doing doing the phd is is quite an uh, like a good time to be in a band and have kids.
4: It is and it isn't. It is for the fact that you are essentially your own boss, but it isn't in the sense that PhDs require so much of you, like and so much of your time, especially when you're interested in the subject. Um so it is, has been difficult to get it finished and across the line, but I'm nearly there.
0: And what's it on?
4: It's on Irish embroidery. So I'm I'm looking at church Ecclesiastic and Masonic embroidery.
0: Embroidery?
4: Yeah, embroidery in the role of women th- in those organizations. You've got lots of leather jackets
0: um, with some good patches on
4: it. <laughs> no, the no. So
0: there's a huge history in that. There's there's lots going on there.
4: Yeah, I'm focused on the island of Ireland, so stuff made here. So um, yeah, it's really interesting, really good.
0: Amazing. Do you remember what fed that idea onto you?
4: Yeah, I, well, I'm an embroiderer practicing and I love that's my main technique that I use for visual art so I I then uh the bass player in the band was in an exhibition in a tattoo parlor in Belfast um and it was they had gone to the local Masonic Museum and responded and like display their work in this tattoo shop and then I went to see that and I was like I want to see this museum you know I want to see the textiles and embroidery that they have there so um I got a tour and I was like right this place is amazing but I knew that it was moving and it was being packed down and they didn't know where it was going and and it actually doesn't exist anymore but before that happened, I went in and took lots of photographs. And that, that was the beginning of the, the PhD. I, I took it to the university, took the idea to the university, and they were like, yeah, this is great. That's quality. Yeah, it was really... It was, see, when you're passionate about something, doors open up because you are interested. You know, you're focused and passionate. And I suppose that's... Embroidery has been my obsession. If, if you were talking earlier about like what replaced religion probably embro- <laughs> probably eventually embroidery did
0: <laughs> have you found that the more you dig at it the more there is to find
4: yeah i think embroidery and textiles in general has such an important role in our lives as as humans you know um maybe not so much embroidery because it was more of a luxury thing which is it has its own stuff going on there and then it's ob- obviously it's since the victorian period it's been seen as a very feminine art form whereas before that um in the medieval period it would have been men that embroidered so it's it, it has taken this like interesting change and even now men see a lot of people see embroidery as something that women do but there's a lot of men that embroider as well um so it's like, it's a very strange technique. I mean, why is a technique seen as a gender or for a specific gender? That's, Bizarre. ridiculous. Bizarre. Yeah. So it has all of that stuff. But even textiles in general, like you wear it every day. It's around you. We, you know, we shelter ourselves with textiles. It's like, it's really a very interesting material. And it is so prominent and important. And we, we because we see it every day, we really don't think about it we don't think about how it was woven or knitted or you know designed the patterns all of that stuff
0: they got to speak to some of the crusty punks and their whole outfits are made out of
4: very interesting i'm sure there's a phd on that somewhere
0: what was the (laughs) hypothesis or, or what was the kind of conclusion that you came to
4: yeah i mean the conclusion i haven't written the conclusion yet but what i'm trying to show is that women played roles irish women played roles in the Masonic order in the churches when they had very limited rules, like they weren't allowed to be seen as leaders, and, and obviously in the Masonic they weren't allowed to be involved at all. But actually, through making these embroidering these objects, they were part of those communities and they were vital parts of those communities. So it's sort of just bringing to light the role of women in those organisations through their embroidery. That's kind of the the main the principle of the whole thing
0: do you think there's been any direct correlation to what you've been learning and the lyrics that you've been writing and specifically lyrics for making circles of our own? Do you think there are symbolism? Do you think there's imagery? Do you think there's storytelling that that you can really kind of draw a direct line between that and, and embroidery and, and what you've been studying?
4: Yes, there has been an, an- definitely in the first album and, and also on this on this second, second album as well yeah there there has been I think just sometimes I discover things that aren't going to be written into the th- thesis but I'm like that's really interesting and it takes me down like a rabbit hole and I'll be like right this is for new pagans and I'll maybe write a couple of notes on it or I'll, I'll just remember when we're writing a song I'm like oh, that was really interesting I'll 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 t- chat about that but the say for instance the latest single John and um, there we are John it's like it was more me looking for inspiration for my garden my garden that I hope to someday have And I was looking for like because I love gardening and I was like I right, I need to find something a garden in a coastal area that like what plants can I have and then I came across Derek Jarman's garden at uh Dungeness and I was like this is amazing and became obsessed with that and then I was saying to Claire about it in the band and she was like you do know that he's like an artist he's a filmmaker I was like yeah I, I haven't I haven't really investigated that yet and she was like you need to look at his work and then I started looking, Derek Jarman. yeah I started looking at I'd heard his name but I never like looked into his work life work and then I was like but through his garden it all opened up to me I was like this is amazing you know what an interesting right. person. So the whole song is about him, but it's really about me wanting the garden and probably more about the fact that as a creative, it's really hard to have everything. It's hard to have stability, you know, financial stability, which then eventually leads you to having a home and a garden and all of that stuff. So it kind of is about that really, but it, it's through the language using his garden as the kind of...
0: hundred and one part-time jobs. Yeah,
4: hundred and one part-time jobs, but being hopeful that someday you might make some money.
2: (laughs) One hundred and one part-time.
4: work in a cafe and I remember everybody was like my parents were like oh my god why are you working in the cafe you're gonna drop something you know blah 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 um and I I, I was literally just moved to Belfast so I worked in the cafe for like a couple of years and they never ever let me make coffee so I must have been really (laughs) good at it <laughs> I would serve, I would do everything else. They would never let me make coffee. I don't know why though. So although it's not a mistake, I obviously wasn't given off. Like they didn't even let me try. Um, I remember being Regent after two years of like leaving and being like, I don't have any coffee skills.
0: <laughs> it's kind of the one thing you'd hope to learn yeah, from. There, nothing.
4: It? Nothing. No.
0: Lindsay, thank you so much. Oh, it's great. Thank you,
4: Charles. Yes, thank you for all the questions. It was really interesting. <laughs>
0: great cheers then. okay bye alright so that was Lindsay from New Pagans and 101 part time jobs New Pagans new album Making Circles of Our Own is out this Friday on Big Scary Monsters go and search for it and see you later this week with an episode with Name a Bock here's Cox Barra
2: I've been working all day for me mate on the side running around like a blue ass fly I've been working yeah I've been working all day for me mate
3: Go to Biooptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at bioptimizers.com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
2: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
3: It's my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa.